Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Everybody, I'm John Fanta with you until 11:30. And while they say that last weekend is one of the best in sports, the opening weekend of the NCAA tournament, the field of 64 lined up. You know what? We've got eight great games over the next two nights on Thursday and Friday in the Sweet 16 of the NCAA tournament. A lot of unique storylines. One, Kentucky, which I think that storyline makes this tournament even more fast. I think having an unbeaten in there, it makes it even more watchable because you're waiting to see who is going to give them a scare. And maybe it's Bob Huggins, a legendary coach a guy who has gotten it done before against John Calipari. West Virginia, one of the best teams in the country at turning you over. In terms of their press rate, they have the number one full-court pressure rate in the country. That is going to be intriguing to watch in this matchup with a Kentucky team that has two starting fives, essentially, Platoon line after platoon line. That's the way John Calipari has done things this year. And now the question is, can he be able to do what he's done 
so well this year, and that's managed this roster. When they're in a close game in the tournament, some of these kids haven't been in this role. I'm intrigued to see how they handle it. Kentucky and West Virginia, tomorrow night at 945. And we're going to talk to Matt Norlander from CBS, who is in Cleveland for that matchup. The great Matt Norlander will join us coming up. In the other matchup, to start off the night is Notre Dame and Wichita State. And I think a storyline in and of itself is Notre Dame. Wichita State has really flown under the radar in this tournament much more so than last year. Greg Marshall's team is now in the Sweet 16. They have a great backcourt. But on the other side of the Notre Dame team, who hasn't been in the Sweet 16 in over a decade, folks, that storyline's not getting enough attention. Is it because Kentucky is in the Midwest? I think so. Right now, out of West Virginia, Notre Dame, Wichita State, the tough part about all this, folks, is West Virginia. They know how to press the heck out of you. They really bring the pressure to you. That's the way that they play. What happens when? What happens when Kentucky gets past that pressure? It's going to be Dunk City in Cleveland. The key will be if the Harrisons can handle that pressure, and they absolutely can. At the end of the day, though, if West Virginia's not working their pressure, they just aren't the same team. And on top of that, they got to get past Kentucky, the length of Kentucky. West Virginia, whoever's going to be able to beat Kentucky, you better be hitting from the perimeter. Seriously. I just don't see it. I don't see it tomorrow night. I think the game before that, though, was overly fascinating. A Notre Dame program that is back in the Sweet 16. With Wichita State on the other side, a team that last year I still felt like got snubbed with the draw that they got. I mean, to play Kentucky, look, you got to beat the best. I know, I know, you have to. And Kentucky was red hot. They caught fire. But I think this Wichita State team has a chip on their shoulder, and they got one heck of a backcourt. And we'll stay right there talking about that. We will talk Midwest first tonight. We'll start with the top-seeded Kentucky Wildcats, and we're going to talk to the man that is there, City of Rock and Roll. It is Matt Norlander from CBS Sports, covers college basketball day in and day out. Matt, thanks so much for joining us in such a busy week. First off, how is Cleveland, my friend? And John, it's good to talk to you, man. It's uh, it's standing here on, I guess this is Fourth <laughs> Street. I've dipped out from uh, yeah. an establishment on that with a few writers here to, to give you a few minutes. And uh, weather is okay. You know what? I got to admit, there is not a lot of blue here yet. I am the city has not been overtaken by fans. I thought there'd be a decent contingent out tonight. Not the case whatsoever. But uh, obviously tomorrow it's going to be pretty amazing and uh and i cannot wait for these games i think they're terrific i think this is the most enticing intriguing region of the four and matt matt norlander from cbs joining us i love the first game we'll get to that in a second but we have to start with the top seeded wildcats here the unbeaten and i look at it and tomorrow night look if you're going to be kentucky for me you better be hidden from the perimeter and second, can you put some pressure on the Harrisons? Can you figure out a way to get some pressure on Kentucky's backcourt? Can West Virginia do that? Can Bob Huggins' team be in this game? Yeah, I think they can. Uh, I think it's going to be really interesting just to see the pressure that they're able to administer, and I think they'll have some success with it in the first half. Um, but, you know, let's not underrate Tyler Eulis and Andrew Harrison's ability to both be on the floor at the same time together and handle that kind of pressure. Yes, Kentucky's going to turn it over more than 10 times. I think that's a near guarantee. Um, 
the question is, can West Virginia have an unusually good shooting night? And I'm not thinking that's going to be possible. So while they're going to be scrapping at Kentucky and, and really trying to push it and keep a high pace, Kentucky is obviously more than capable of also playing at that pace. I'm hoping that we can get a close game into midway through the second half. No guarantee of that. But if they're able to turn Kentucky over a lot, um, it's reasonable to expect that maybe Kentucky might not shoot terrifically well. If they get that, they're going to have a chance to at least keep it reasonable as we drag on into the second half. But I actually think it's going to be intriguing at halftime. But after maybe the second TV timeout, Kentucky's going to start to pull away and eventually win by double digits. Matt, here's a question for you, and I'd like you to – Matt Norlander joining us from CBS. I think this is an interesting question. There's been a lot of talk about John Calipari and just the idea that, oh, you know what, I heard two years ago, Matt, oh, he's a recruiter. He's a recruiter, in-game coach. I don't know about that. Who would you take in this coaching matchup tomorrow night, John Calipari or Bob Huggins? Uh, Good question. Um, I guess if they had equal rosters, I would take Huggins barely, and I mean barely. To, to me, the whole Calipari recruiting thing, to me, that died off a few years ago. i got to be honest with you. I feel like he's rightfully gotten a lot of credit uh, as a really good X and O coach. Is he a top five X and O coach in the game? No. Uh, but, you know, if you want to include that top 25, top 30, I think that's uh, accurate. And something that he's been getting increasingly more credit for because there were more kind of columns and cries over why he doesn't. I feel like the rest of the college sports world is kind of caught up with that, and he's getting the credit he deserves. But you know, I, I've always kind of liked the way Huggins coaches. Um, so if you told me they had equal talent, uh, identical teams, I would take Huggins barely, and I mean barely. Matt Norlander from CBS joining us here on Late Night Hoops on College Hoops Digest Radio, and we thank him for joining us, calling us from the 216. He is in Cleveland throughout the week for the Sweet 16 and Elite 8 for CBS Sports. And Matt, Notre Dame and Wichita State, that will tip off the night. I think this is I actually think this is the most fascinating matchup of all the matchups. You have a Notre Dame team who hasn't been in this place in a decade, in over a decade. The Irish are back in the Sweet 16. You know what? I looked at the Irish against Northeastern, and I thought, you know what, this is the same old Notre Dame. This is what Mike Bray has done in the tournament. He hasn't been able to get it done. On the other side, the Wichita State team with a chip on their shoulder and a backcourt that is very, very special. What will this one come down to in your eyes? In my eyes, it comes down to if Wichita State can win the battle in the backcourt, and they might be able to. Fred VanVleet and Ron Baker, really, really good. We know that. Notre Dame, I almost feel like, for whatever reason, people don't realize how good Demetrius Jackson is, their sophomore point guard. Jaron Grant, first-team All-American candidate, which I think people now get that he is, you know, so, so good. Who is going to win the battle there, and will that determine the outcome of the game? It might. Uh, Notre Dame is not a huge team, neither is Wichita State. Uh, Zach August, no. Darius Carter in the, in the middle. I think that will be pretty intriguing. I think this game is going to be really close. Um, if Wichita State is able to get Notre Dame into an unusually awkward kind of shooting night where they don't get into their offense, and they're capable of that because Wichita State's a really good defensive team, if they are able to do that, then we're going to have some intrigue because uh, Wichita State can win the game. I, I think that this is, to me, the two games that are going to be the closest start to finish over the course of the Sweet 16, NC State, Louisville, and this game. I think these are the two games that have the best chance of basically being within six points or less for the entirety of 40 minutes. Um, and I cannot wait for Notre Dame, Wichita State. Whoever wins, it's going to be a great story. You either have Bray to his first Elite Eight, or you have Greg Marshall going on, presumably, to face Kentucky. And wouldn't that just be 
so symmetrical considering that these teams played in last year's tournament. And now they would play for a right to go to the Final Four each time with an undefeated season on the line. Matt Norlander from CBS joining us. And to, and to kind of go a little further on this Notre Dame-Wichita State battle, for me, the Irish at times, they settle a little too much. They get two, three-point happy. But in the tournament, we've seen at times a key bucket from August, as well as Pat Connaughton, who averages about seven boards per game. And he's been big time in terms of just adding a little bit of a physical boost. For me, Wichita State, the way they defend, I, I do agree with you because, while they don't have a ton of size, Notre Dame doesn't use its size always the right way. It doesn't have a ton of it either. And this really does become a backcourt match. I and mean, that's where a guy like either Demetrius Jackson for Notre Dame or, Matt, the guy that we haven't brought up, Takadin, about five assists per game, he gives Wichita State something. Yes, absolutely. And will Takeel Cotton guard Jaron Grant? I think that is possible. He is their best defender. Uh, he's a terrific player, uh, one of the best dunkers in the sport. Um, I think I think if they put him on him, because uh, he's kind of like a, a tweener, college tweener, forward slash guard. He can kind of play whatever you need from from two to a two to a three, or maybe even a four. It kind of depends. Uh, but he won't, you know, he won't be at the four in this kind of game. Can't wait to see him play because uh, he's a senior. Now this is he's the one. You know, Van Vliet and Baker are juniors, and Van Vliet's almost certainly going to return for senior senior season. Uh, Baker might. Um, we'll see, but we know that Cotton, you know, he enters this game knowing it could well be his last. Um, I'm fascinated because to me they've got the better, you know, Troika, so to speak. Um, I would take Van Vliet, Cotton, and Baker over Grant, Jackson, and Connaughton barely. Connaughton is, you know, going to make a paycheck as a major league pitcher, which is awesome. And the fact that he came back uh, to play some college hoops for one more season is awesome. Uh, but again, just matchups galore, and uh, cannot wait for seven fifteen tomorrow at the at the queue. And we go to the east since you said that you think the second enticing game, or along with Wichita State Notre Dame, would be NC State, the eight seed taking on Louisville. And the thing that comes to mind in this game, I think NC State has a lot more athleticism in town than its record shows. How about the way that they beat Villanova seventy one to sixty eight? Over the weekend, I look at the battle on the boards. Abdul Malik Abu, as well as Leonard Freeman, a 45-32 to 32 advantage on the glass. And now Montrez Harrell is next. Can the Wolfpack, I think they absolutely can pull it off. But do you agree with me? I, I really do. I think that getting that advantage on the glass is huge. Oh, huge. They, In my opinion, Michigan State and the NC State looked more ready, more more well-prepared, more executing the perfect scout than any other team that advanced to the 316. Um, body language, mm-hmm. action, everything about those two teams' performances in their games uh, was terrific. That was the best that we saw of NC State against Villanova. If they repeat that against Louisville, they're going to win. Uh, it's quite simply, they've got a better roster up and down talent-wise than Louisville at this point. Um, not, you know, by leaps and bounds, but you know, even you, you don't even mention Cat Barber, <laughs> Trevor Lacey in the backcourt, two guys that came up so big yeah. in that game versus Villanova. Uh, rebounding will be huge. Um, they're not going to be as successful against Louisville as they were Villanova, but they still can beat them on the board, and I think they will, and I've got NC State winning that game uh, by a very narrow margin. Yeah, Matt, Louisville has not looked like the Louisville that we know typically this time of year. I think Chris Jones, Certainly that absence has affected the Cardinals, but their offense, when it gets stuck in the half court, it is clear 
Uh, they get in a lot of trouble with the way NC State's front court's playing right now. It's not going to be easy to attack the rim. Uh, Terry Rozier's had to take on a larger role, but uh, frankly, I've not been impressed by the Cardinals, and I do think uh, they're, when they're getting easy opportunities, of course, just like any team, they're they're taking advantage. But in the half court, and they saw this against UC Irvine when they were taking on uh, the length of, of UC Irvine, you know what? Louisville in the half court, a team right now that's struggling. Yeah, and by the way, sorry to uh, cut you off here. I'm going to have to end it after this. I got my buddies. I see them leaving in the distance here. My jacket's still inside of the restaurant. But listen. No problem. Their half, their half court offense, without a doubt, um, can be problematic. They've overcome so much without Chris Jones. Rick Pino said, you know, if Chris Jones had been on our team, we would have beaten UC Irvine by 15. I think that's actually reasonable. Um, mm-hmm. Is Louisville going to get what it wants in the half court against NC State? I just I can't find any confidence in that. It doesn't mean they can't win, John, because we know that this team was brutal a few years back when he made a Final Four and had no offense. So Patino's shown that he can do it. He did it in a tougher region then as, what he, as opposed to what he has now. So I'm excited to see what happens. Uh, I think NC State can win this game, but mm-hmm. just hopefully it's hopefully it's captivating and compelling because honestly, uh, it to me it's the least enticing game in terms of the teams on the floor. But I think it's going to be really close. Matt, one thing's for sure. It's going to be fun to watch Ron Hunter throughout the weekend. He's on TVS. I know that'll that'll be a treat. Thanks so much for joining us. We look forward to your coverage in Cleveland this weekend. Thanks, John. Appreciate it. Talk to you later. Thank you, Matt Norlander from CBS. Yeah, how about that, folks? And we thank Matt for joining us here tonight. That certainly is going to be fun. Ron Hunter, who fell out of his stool last week, when his son RJ hit a three to take down Baylor. Coach Ron is going to be on CBS and the Turner family of networks this weekend, breaking it all down. Matt said it, NC State, the Wolfpack under Mark Gonfried, you know what, you take a look at the way that they have played, and this this credits, credit to the ACC in this tournament, some what the Big 12 has, it's one. It really has done a great job throughout the tournament. And NC State has the athleticism. Trevor Lacey is fantastic. Talked about their front court. I mean, they outscored Villanova 34-14 to in the paint. If they do that against Louisville, they are not losing to Louisville. And that's why I will also go ahead and take the Wolf Pack right now. Give me NC State. Because of their size, because of the fact that Louisville has not looked the same without Chris Jones, I will take the Wolfpack in that matchup as well. What I won't do in the South, I won't take UCLA. I won't take Utah. I love the Utes. I love DeLon Wright. I like their size. I think this is a fascinating story. It's a great story in the Pac-12. Having said this, Duke right now is at a different level. Jaleel Okafor is saying, take me on. Whoever it is, go ahead. Take me on. Try to defend me. I dare you. I dare you. Jaleel Okafor is taking anybody on in his sight right now, is going against them, and is finishing at the 10 like there's no tomorrow. On top of that, a player like Justice Winslow 
And I've said it from the start. Justice Winslow would be the key for Duke. Why? Because he's got unique size. He can hurt you from a lot of different places on the floor. Duke has that. They have a dynamic backcourt. I even think Rashid Suleiman, at the end of the day, Duke can do without him, and they have. And a lot of these younger kids have grown up. Suleiman, for me, never was able to give them anything overly consistent, anything that's said to me overly consistent the way that Duke does things. Do I get a little concerned for Duke here if Okafor is to have an off night? Yeah, obviously. But right now there's nothing that convinces me that he's going to have that. Could come against Gonzaga. It could. In fact, I think it does. The Bulldogs, if you have not noticed, folks, I understand that they are in the WCC. They are in a conference that's not well-known. But let's take a look at their size. They are massive. They are massive down low. Zach Braziller brought it up last night when he was on with us, talking about Gonzaga's size. This team, I think everyone forgets bonus is done for this team. He is just a freshman. Everybody wants to talk about Kyle Wiltshire and coming from transferring from Kentucky and now really making something here, the zone with Gonzaga. How about the play of Sabonis? And Sabonis leads the team in rebounds with 6.9. You may say, oh, team leader, 6.9 rebounds. That's because they're so darn balanced. They're just so balanced. Dominus Sabonis, 16 and 9 against Iowa. It's 7 and 11 against North Dakota State. Just the idea that this kid has been, re- he's got 20 rebounds in two NCAA tournament games, and he's a freshman, 6'10, 231. Man is a truck right now. And he's averaging 10, 7 per game, and he's been huge for them. And Kyle Wilcher's been just as big, if not bigger. They've got big time players down low. Wilcher at six foot ten. As if Sabonis isn't enough. In terms of the glass. Wilcher with seventeen and six a game. That is why I think Gonzaga can handle Duke. Gonzaga has size and its depth in the front court. And when you have as a lead of a point guard, Kevin Pangos is. You've got a shot to make it to the Final Four and make it to the national championship game. You really do. I'm more convinced as I'm doing this show right now. In fact, I will go right now and say it. We are in for a Kentucky-Gonzaga final. Because the way that this Bulldogs team plays, and you can say what you want about the conference that they come from, but the way that this team plays, the only two teams that I see being able to compete with them, being able to beat them, are on the other side of the bracket, in Kentucky and Arizona because of Arizona's side. Caleb Tarczewski with Rondé Hollis Jefferson. 
and even a player like Stanley Johnson, who plays like a three, but is a, is can, can go in at three, can go in at the four, can go in a lot of different positions. This Gonzaga team has two elite players in Sabonis in Wilcher. Zemek Karnowski with 11 and 6 per game. All around, the Gonzaga Bulldogs have the size. They've got Kevin Pangos in the backcourt. They've got a player as well in Byron Wesley who's come on and who has 10 and 5 a game and 2.3 assists per game at six foot four at the wing. They've got Gary Bell Jr. Mark Few's got it right now. I'm convinced. Folks, look at the layout of the Bulldogs. They are deep down low. They have experience at the point. And on top of that, they have been able to figure out a way to only have two losses. We want to first be unbeaten Kentucky, but Gonzaga's 34-2 and and 17-1. and in the WCC. And one of those losses comes to Arizona, who is still around. The other coming to BYU. Conference team, when you see each other a couple times, you get familiar with one another, just the way it goes. I really am convinced by the Gonzaga Bulldogs right now. The draw that they're getting in UCLA, UCLA's not going to be able to handle their size. I will be shocked if this is much of a game. I'll take Gonzaga by 20 right now. UCLA could not have had a more favorable draw in the tournament. Has there been a more favorable draw in the history of the NCAA tournament than the one that UCLA has gotten? It's appalling. Appalling. They got an SMU team, of course the team that got snubbed last year, and basically got snubbed in the offseason with no Emmanuel Mudiay. I thought they were an Elite 18, they had Mudiay. And then they faced UAB, incredibly inconsistent, a team that, uh, gosh, Kermit could have gone without. That's what UCLA got. And now they're going to lose. They're going to lose. That's what's going to happen. And then on the other side, we go to the West. I love the storyline of Sean Miller facing his former team. He's beating his former team. At some point, Matt Stainbrook is going to get worn out. B. Davis is extremely talented. And if Xavier wants to win this game, they need all hands on deck. They need Miles Davis to play. The kid, he's been a grinder type of kid. He looks like a three. He even plays like a four sometimes. Jalen Reynolds has to be big time. Need those guys to be big time. We've got a little bit left in the show, just a few minutes. So I bring in my college hoops digest teammate, Corey Ponarello. But I was just breaking down the West, and I've got Arizona. And on top of that, in the West, it's it's going to be interesting, Corey. But I, I will go ahead and I will take Wisconsin over North Carolina. Which matchup in the Sweet 16 Really fascinates you here with just a couple minutes left on the show. John, first of all, I just want to say thank you for having me. Um, but to answer your question, you really just said it a few minutes ago. It's just this Wisconsin team 
taking on the North Carolina uh, Tar Heels. And, John, the Tar Heels, one of the most unique teams in college basketball thus thus far. They were a top number 10 ranked team in the nation. They go down to Butler Mm -hmm. in ugly fashion. A lot of people thought this team, you know, they weren't a North Carolina team that we're used to seeing. But, John, you've always told me, and I agree with you 100%, it comes down to what team heats up come tournament time. And this team made a deep run in the ACC tournament. They beat the best defensive team in the nation in Virginia, who did have one of their star players on the bench. But, John, the Wisconsin is efficient. Their bigs are always a problem. But they like to slow things down and get the best shot they can using the most clock they can. I think you said also we've talked about Tinoco for North Carolina, if he can be a point guard and play the point guard role, if the Tar Heels get out and start running, I think there's really no one on that team to slow down Marcus Page. And I think it's going to be a unique matchup, but I think the Tar Heels are going to win. Well, Frank Kaminsky is the best player on the floor in this game, but if Marcus Page gets help, North Carolina becomes a different monster, Corey. I will take Wisconsin. They were there last year. They get it done this year, my eyes. But you're right on J.P. Toko. He, he fluctuates so much. We only got 60 seconds left on the show. So share with me your final four. I'm going to go ahead and say it is Kentucky, Wisconsin, and then I will go ahead with Michigan State and Gonzaga. Who you got, Corey? John, I agree with everything except I'm going to have to throw Arizona in this mix. And something about this Wildcat team that really surprised me, I love the way Stanley Johnson and Hollis Jefferson play together and alongside one another. One's a versatile scorer. Sure. One can rebound and be a player that you need to be defensively, but they can switch up the roles. One can rebound and play defense when the other mm-hmm. needs to score. And this team, like you said, I heard you earlier in the show, Gonzaga, how many losses did they have on the season? Two. To who? One being the Wildcats of Arizona. I think a lot of people are underestimating this Arizona team. Obviously, it's so hard with, you know, they play in the Pac-10. Pac-10 is not the greatest. I mean, credit UCLA. They're in the Sweet 16. I mean, they got there. Yeah. I mean, it was luck. Luckily, they did get in, but they're there in the Sweet 16. Pac, a lot of people rate teams and base teams off, you know, the conference they're in, but this Wildcat team is not a joke. And I'll tell you one thing, that they can play basketball, and they may be ready for this rematch against Wisconsin. We're not coming out of the tournament last year. So that always plays into a very intriguing matchup. But I think the Wildcats are going to sneak into that final 14-seat spot. Excuse me. And I think that the battle of the Wildcats is Kentucky shouldn't take this lightly. This could be one of the hardest matches for the tournament, John. I think it could be the hardest matchup of the entire tournament. Uh, even more so than a potential national championship matchup. Because I, I look at the three teams in here that have length and have deep length, and they're in there, Kentucky, as well as Arizona, as well as Gonzaga. And it's interesting that the top nine, and we're going to stay with you on Late Night Hoops for a little bit longer, past our 30 minutes. We'll keep Corey Ponerello on since he's on a roll right now. I'm a College Hoops Digest teammate. You know what, Corey, I look at it and, it's really the size that has been a factor in this tournament because you take a look at the top nine three-point shooting teams in the field of 68 are all eliminated from the field, the top nine. It shows that at the end of the day, you better know how to take it to the rim. And Gonzaga, Arizona, as well as Kentucky, they all all know how to do it. And, and that that's why they cause problems. But I agree with you. I think the West brings a lot 
a fascination in it this weekend with Sean Miller facing his former team and Xavier. I don't see the Musketeers having much of a shot in that game. They just don't have enough to play a full 40 minutes with Arizona. And the other matchup in North Carolina and Wisconsin, that would be incredibly interesting to see because you take a look at Roy Williams and he is figuring out a way to peak at the right time. But at times, North Carolina plays inconsistently as well. We go over now to the East. And we were, I was talking about NC State, and I'm picking the Wolfpack over Louisville. Louisville has not impressed in this tournament. The loss of Chris Jones, it surely has hurt them. Now the question becomes, how do they figure out a way to get past the length of NC State, which outscored Villanova in the paint by 20? Uh, what do you make of the East? I'll tell you what, Michigan State and Oklahoma is a fascinating matchup, too. You love Lon Kruger and the Sooners. John, I do, but now it's getting to the point if your team can play in this stage of the Sweet 16. And why, in my opinion, did Michigan State get past Virginia? It's Tom Izzo. I mean, this guy's been there. He's done that. And this Michigan State team, they gave Wisconsin a run for the money in the Big 12 championship, and look what happened. They yep. lost. They, they fell apart towards the end, but they were close. But now it comes to, let's turn over to this NC State team. Villanova was given a monster in El Shepu this year. Javon Pinkston took a little more of a backseat role. But that is what made Villanova so lethal is that, okay, they can shoot, they can shoot, they can shoot. John Weaver were at the biggest tournament the whole, the whole four days. And he, was, he, he felt like he was eight El Shepu's on the court because every offensive opportunity for a rebound, he was there, it felt like. But then you have a player in a boo for NC State who canceled Oshetu out, and if you can't make your threes, you're finished. And when it comes down to the NCAA tournament in times like this, you have to rebound, you got to hit your free throws, you got to play defense. And this NC State Wolfpack team, it's is very scary. And I, you know, I thought they were going to struggle against LSU. They got it done. They beat a team in the Villanova Wildcats where. If they are hitting their threes and you are not playing defense, they can beat anybody in the country. They did so. I think going back to Michigan State, I love Trice. But if Trice isn't clicking on all cylinders, they can be a little dicey of a team, too. I don't think Dawson can really do it all for them. I don't think Valentine's an explosive offensive player that can do it all for them. Trice is a player who puts the ball in the basket for them and is a lethal three-point shooter. Uh, we turn to Louisville against the NC State again. Louisville's one of the worst offensive teams in the country. If they cannot shoot the three-point ball, they like to go inside. But if you're going to be in the NC State, how physical they are, John, I think you have to give the edge to NC State. Louisville has a little bit of a cakewalk. Irvine, Northern Iowa. I like. I love Northern Iowa, but still – I. Louisville and Patino, it comes down to just that leadership role and having a coach that can calm everyone down, get their players where they need to be, and that's what we that's that's how that's my stance on it, Phantom. Corey Ponarello joining us here on late night hoops and to add to the conversation that is the sweet sixteen as we await for more madness to start on Thursday, once again, to go through the schedule folks. And it is a loaded one. It starts tomorrow in Cleveland. And what a couple of matchups at the queue. It'll be rocking when Kentucky takes on West Virginia 945 on CBS. That is preceded by Notre Dame, Wichita State at 715. 
Also tomorrow night at 747, Wisconsin, North Carolina, that will be followed by Xavier and Arizona. I mean, every one of these matches is interesting. I think with the exception of UCLA and Gonzaga, but even that, even that UCLA is, you know what, they've done it before to Gonzaga. That's going to be very, very intriguing just because just of the tradition uh, behind those two when they met in the NCAA tournament, Adam Morrison crying after he lost that game. Oh, we remember those days. We go now to the man in charge of collegehoopsdigest.com. He is Josh Adams joining us here on Late, Late, Late Night Hoops. And Josh, I know you're ready for the Sweet 16. We've been talking about with Zach Braziller, Matt Norlander, Corey's chimed in as well. What excites you the most about the Sweet 16? Uh, hi, John. How you doing? Thanks for having me on. Uh, I tell you, I'm doing great. These matchups, these matchups are just phenomenal. You know, the Wisconsin UNC games is one that's really piqued my interest. And I think uh, Kentucky's going to have its hands full a little bit with West Virginia. You know, Huggins has has uh, Calipari's number a little bit. And, uh, you know, certainly not – when you compare the two teams talent-wise, Kentucky clearly has the edge. But West Virginia, you know, they like to smack you in the mouth. And they sure as heck did that to Maryland. And uh, I think Kentucky's going to come out of it maybe slightly ahead, but they're going to be bloodied and battered. It's not going to be an easy cakewalk for them for sure. It's interesting that you say that because everybody really is saying, well, Bob Huggins' team, they're loose. They run the floor really well, but you got to be physical to be able to to beat Kentucky. In the other matchup, I keep saying it, I think Notre Dame, Wisconsin State, has instant classic written all over it because you got on one side Notre Dame, who loves to hit the three, who opens up the floor game. Mike Bray hasn't been here in over a decade against a team that's got a chip on their shoulders. I thought they got snubbed last year with their draw. Which test they like to be physical with you, Josh? This is an outstanding matchup. I agree, and I I could not. You know, Wichita State, you have a feeling that beating Kansas, you know, a team that they haven't played since 1993, and and getting mm-hmm. that you know that win, that in-state uh, bragging rights, you got a feeling maybe they keep at that point in time. I'm not sure. You know, it's, 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 we can't get up for a sweet 16, 16 game or something, but, uh, you know, Notre Dame, Grant's a heck of a player, but, you know, Bray's yet to show me that he can, you know, get his team over the hump. So it's it's going to be yes. a, a fascinating matchup between the two. You know, especially, uh, you know, Marshall's, they're talking that Marshall might uh, listen to Alabama when they uh, come knocking at the store. So, you know, there's a little bit of distraction going on. I, you know, just I, I give it to uh, Wichita State just in the squeaker. I think. Corey, who you got? Uh, John, I agree with Josh wholeheartedly. I think this Irish team feels a little bit lucky when huh. it comes to shooting the three-point ball. I mean, they love, they live and die well done, by Corey. <laughs> Try to be as cliche as I can, but I think yet again, I think the seventh seed for the Shockers was a blessing in disguise. Obviously, another tough draw. You know, you have to end up facing Kentucky. But this is how I kind of see it. You know, last year obviously they were seen as like this dominant team. They didn't lose. But now, like, personally I believe if Kentucky has had lost a game in the regular season, they would have gone straight to the NCAA championship, no problem, no problem, because they know how it feels to lose and what they have to do to get back on the right track. 
I think the Shockers, right. you know, they took some tough losses in the beginning of the season, but I can't. Their front court and their back court is just so unique. It's not the, their caliber players in Baker right. and Van Fleet, and I think they will. They can simple as it, as it sounds. They lead the way for this team. I mean, it's like having two Kemba Walkers. It's very hard to stop both of them. Mm. They can either kill wow. you inside, they can kill you on the outside. Mm. And look what happened, obviously, this with a UConn team that single-handedly where we've seen point guards bring their team to the national championship. I mean, we've seen Baker and Fancy, they know what to do if they're trailing in a game. How about that? And, and think about it. They've been in that atmosphere before. They have the leadership capabilities, you know, get in their team's head and say, listen, if we're, you know, we're not doing this, we have to close out in the three. Let's do that. Let's get back on track. We know how to play basketball. Look, look what happened last year. We were 34 and up. So I think Wichita State is going to handle Notre Dame. It's going to be very close. I think containing Grant is going to be a problem. But if you close out, and I, I really don't think Notre Dame plays stellar defense at all. I think they're one of the most horrific teams in the ACC defense. But they just they're they're going to beat they're going to beat you to a hundred. That's what they want to play. You know what I mean? So when it comes down to it, I think Baker and Van Fleet are going to be the reason. And listen, I don't think they, when they get to where they need to be, when they get going, they're going to be a team that's going to shock the world. So I'm two for two there. <laughs> <laughs> Corey Panarello is Steve Lavin tonight, everyone. Uh, Josh, I talked about <laughs> I talked about Gonzaga, Josh, and I know that as a heavy Duke follower, you might want to counter that. Why am I wrong on the Bulldogs? Well, I saw saw the Bulldogs play in person this year, you know, in the NIT, and uh, I tell you, they're one impressive team. But going back to the guard situation, Duke guards of Jones and and Cook are playing phenomenal. And either one, you know, they can interchange better than any other team, you know, one playing point guard, one playing shooting guard. And, uh, you know, the the inside-outside game of Okafor to Jones and Cook, plus added Justice Winslow, who's just, uh, you know, is played out of his mind against San Diego State. I mean, Duke looks better than ever in the first two games of the NCAA tournament. So it's not going to be an easy game for sure. But, again, you have Coach K, who's been there, done that, and Mark Few, who's – had talent, maybe not as much talent as this year's team, but I give Duke a slight edge just just for Coach K and the fact that uh, you know, yeah, while you have Pangos in the backcourt for Gonzaga, you know, I'd, I'll take uh, the double-headed monster of uh, Jones and Cook. Yeah, I, you know what, it'll be interesting to see how all this goes down. Josh Adams, your final four. Uh, my final four is Kentucky. I don't have the bracket in front of me, John. So it's Kentucky, Duke. Uh, I've got Wisconsin, Michigan State, and, and Michigan State. Thank you. And I picked uh, just for the record. I picked Michigan State from the beginning. You bet against Tom Izzo at your own peril when it comes to this time of the year. Josh Adams from CollegeHoopsDiet.com. Corey Ponerello as well. I'm John Fanta, and that does it for late night hopes. We had Zach Braziller on last time. It was a great show. 
We have Matt Norlander from Cleveland tonight. You can follow us on Twitter at NCAA Hoops Dias. Follow me at John underscore Fanta for all the observations throughout the weekend. Get locked in. You never know if we'll get another coach falling off his chair. I think that's going to be hard to top, Josh, and, and uh, Ron Turner. That was outstanding in weekend one. You never know. We could be in for some more insanity. I think we will be in. Josh, thanks so much for your time. Corey, thanks for your time. For all of us on Late Night Hoop. Thanks for joining us. Continue to follow us on collegehoopsdigest.com. And good night, everybody. See you. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.